Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Today, I'm going to share an interview that I just did with Kelly Havens, Ohio, at Kelly Havens, Ohio, over on Instagram. If you aren't following her already, she shares the most beautiful, quaint, vintage, antique, handmade little farmhouse. And she also is such a beautiful writer. She puts together these posts that really just inspire you and make you want to go out and explore nature or make something handmade. Everything she shares, it's just one of my favorite follows for sure over on Instagram. So if you aren't yet following her, make sure to go do that. Today, we are sharing about finding contentment in your home when it isn't done and when it isn't perfect. I feel like she does this so beautifully as she lives in the fixer upper. She just creates these beautiful moments that really allow her family and herself to enjoy their home all through the process. So if you ever felt overwhelmed, so if you ever felt overwhelmed, like until the projects are all done, I can't enjoy this place. That is what we're talking about here. And I feel like she does find this contentment so beautifully. So let's dive in. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. So I thought you'd be the perfect guest for this. I don't know why you just kept popping in my head because I, I know you guys have an old farmhouse. Tell me a little bit about it. I don't know exactly the story or how long you guys have been there. Mm-hmm. So this house, we call it a farmhouse because it is a craftsman style. Well, it's kind of a blend between Victorian and craftsman. But if you were to drive down our street, it's kind of the biggest, most like stately house on the street because it was built for the foreman of an old glass factory, which is across the street. Um, And they've turned like the old factory buildings into a park. And then they filled in the glass sand pits to make lakes. And so oftentimes I do videos and pictures um, around those lakes, but it's kind of, the history is really neat. Um, So it's cool that we're in the house that was belonged to, you know, the first manager of the factory. I think the factory, it was built like right around 1900. So the house, we couldn't find the official papers or, you know, just the, um, the documents to say when it was built, but we guess about 1900. Um, But it was never on a farm at the same time, like, it would have felt like that because there weren't other houses. So right, had, exactly. probably had land around it. Um, but right now it is in town. Like there's houses, you know, all along the street on either side. But um, because of the features, it just reminds me, you know, of like a classic farmhouse. Yeah. Well, that's um, how my last house was. We were on a quarter acre in town and I called it farmhouse on boom because uh-huh. I, I knew that before, I mean, it was still a, a house in town always, but it was definitely surrounded by same story as yours. And I just wanted to make it a farmhouse anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up um, in the suburbs outside DC and we had like, I don't know, like an eighth of an acre. Um, so we didn't do any gardening or anything here or there, but here I think we have just over a quarter of an acre and our house is pushed to the side of a lot. So we have this huge side yard and then a good backyard. So I knew that we could do some farming type things here. Yeah, we um, did in our last house too. There's actually a lot of space with that amount of yard. I know. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you do like planters and you just you get creative about how to cluster your plants and everything. So 
So right, yes. Um, but how we found the house is there's this little like red bungalow, really cute house um, next to us that was for sale. And I was really pregnant with James and we were driving to a vacation and I was in the backseat cause I was stretched out was like, you know, like super pregnant and we really mm-hmm. wanted a house. Um, we were in a tiny house. It was a 200 square foot. It was a little trailer that Levi took it off the wheels and he built it, um, to be a home on his parents, like, um, land. They had like seven acres, um, near their house. And so we were really in the country for our first year, but we knew after having a baby, we couldn't fit the two of us and the baby yeah. at a tiny house. <laughs> so I'm like looking on Zillow, like trying to find something small and you know cute that needed a little bit of work, but nothing too much. So we go and check out this house and the realtor is like, well, I'm sorry, but I can show it to you, but it's, it's as of this morning, it's already under contract. And so we're like, man. And then literally we step out after seeing the house and look next door and there's this house. And it was falling apart. I mean, it looked like it. It looked like a haunted house because it had that really dark, chippy mustard paint. It, it just it looked kind of grimacing, but to most people. But to me, it looked like it had a story. And right. It had like the, the gingerbread at the top and all these old leaded glass windows. And like we looked at each other and we're like, no one lives in that house. Why don't we just get that house? And we kind of just laughed at each other, you know, like it's probably not salvageable. But we walked around the front yard and on this little piece of cardboard, it said for sale. And once the realtor left, we immediately called the guy and it was very, very cheap. And within a week, we had, you know, decided to buy it. And it took a long time to um, actually get possession of it because it was complicated as to who owned it. Because it was kind of like a bunch of family members that owned it. Um, It was like passed on. But anyway, so we ended up buying it. that was the summer. And then in February, we actually got it. And James was like three months old. Um, okay. Yeah. That was kind of a, probably a hard transition. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, so then we, we didn't move in right away. Um, I don't know how your house was when you got it. Um, ours was just not inhabitable at all. Um, yeah. Our, our house that we have now, it actually, we kind of upgraded from our last house. So even though it's an old house, it was livable like we had some cosmetic things to do but it was definitely not a fixer-upper in the true sense of the word mm-hmm. yeah so it, it, it had probably been lived in like just what? recently I mean well within the last year and it yeah okay. and they took care of it like it wasn't yeah. pretty but they definitely took yeah. care of it yes yeah yeah our house is it had been abandoned or you know not lived in for so long it's 15 years that um anyone who saw it like my in-laws had looked at it too um, just cause they're so familiar with the area and they actually own the house on the other side. So there's the red house on the other side, on the one side and then the other house, um, oh, wow. the other side, it's crazy. Yeah. They, they bought it when Levi was a boy and that was the house he learned how to do home restoration in oh, so like so much cool meaning that. in this. And they always thought yeah. that house is you know, like, we'd love to take, we'd love to try it, but, um, we think it's too far gone. One time they saw a waterfall of gushing water coming out of the side, like the foundation um, of one of the side walls. And ever since my father-in-law was like, you know, that house is going to have structural damage. Right. But we, we looked at it and it was amazing. It was almost like it was preserved for us. The, everything, the, the, yeah, the studs and the roof and all of it was really strong still. And we think it's because of the wood they built with back then, um, yeah. was redwood, California redwood. So, 
Wow. Really strong. Yeah, I'm looking at your old pictures now. I didn't realize the paint color it had been before. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss it sometimes. It was just so charming. Like well, but what gold. you have is really pretty. That's, <laughs> and it's know, obviously going to preserve like it better. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so you walked into a true true fixer-upper which means that you had to do probably or you said you had to do quite a bit before you even could move in yeah so he kind of threw himself into it I did not see him at all he would leave our little house at like six in the morning come over and put on like I forget what it's called those like shop back well, the suits that you know really heavy uh-huh. duty suits <laughs> because yes. of all of the, the dust and the there was lead paint in some of the rooms and um he'd work until 11 went to work and then he would come back he had like change of clothes here and he would get back to work and he'd come home around you know 10 p.m and I had James by myself <laughs> um yeah but so yeah I, I hardly saw him I would we, I would bring him picnic dinners and we would sit outside I remember that um but so he cranked it out um, the biggest thing was the walls and the ceilings because they had just falling plaster. So he tried to save as much plaster as he could. Um, just because I like the charm of the, the, you know, the wrinkled walls. <laughs> the yeah. Walls. Yeah. We've got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the floors were huge. They were just really nasty. So he could sanded. Did you just sand them or were they, were they pres- preserved? Um, yeah, he sanded them all the way down to bare wood. Cause some of them were painted. Um, the one in the bedroom was painted. Um, so I think it was one of them was, um, but anyways, and then he restained. So we got, well, it was just the upstairs that we finished, um, which I know is unusual, but we figured when you restore, you get all the stuff settling down. So it makes okay. sense to restore the top instead of the bottom first because if you do the bottom first then you're working upstairs and it all comes down through the cracks and through the air vents and everything Mm, you know I actually know somebody on Instagram who's dealing with that right now really so I guess Mm -hmm. that's a thing yeah yeah so yeah we we moved in um like October or something we bought the house in February so it was really tight (laughs) and he hasn't worked that hard since because it was taxing um, on our family. Right. Yeah. Sure. Need little breaks for sure. So that's the question I get a lot from people is how do you balance all that you need to be a mother, homemaking and house projects? How do you guys tackle all of this? And what's your strategy? Like, do you focus on one project at a time or how do you keep from getting overwhelmed, burnt out? You kind of mentioned that you take breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest thing is that we really do it all like um we just constantly shift you're you're sort of just reading the moment reading what I mean it's it's all about people it's about each other and it's about what we what we really need and the good thing is is that like the way God made us he made us to be creative like creators so we like yeah. we, like we thoroughly enjoy um these projects so if we do take big breaks we kind of get that urge to get going again because it is so fulfilling saving this really old house that you know was just gonna rot um but if we focus too long on any one thing it gets it can get overwhelming um because there's so many decisions like with with a library it's such a complicated project um just figuring out all the details of where's the molding going to go the 
color of the wall to match the wallpaper, the fluting on the bookshelves, um, the, we're designing um, ceiling box beams, and they have to be, the, the drop ceiling has to be low enough to allow for the plumbing above. And so you, you can get kind of lost in a project and then kind of um, lose steam, you lose your vision. So it's really good to just start and stop because then you kind of regain that interest. Um, so that we kind of both um, operate in that way. Like I'll spend a morning sewing and then I'll like put it all away in the corner and then, you know, I'll go on a hike with the boys. And then in the evening, I'll be like looking in my country books or, you know, um, reading poetry <laughs> and getting ideas for something else, like for James's room that I'm trying to design right now. And well, yeah, and I feel like too, anytime I rush through something and do it like HGTV style where you just get it all done, mm-hmm. you do miss details. You, you don't realize that there, there are some things that just can't come together quickly. Yeah. And it just doesn't have the same charm to it. It just I all know. ends up looking the same. Yeah. And sometimes I draw a blank. Like I know this space should be a certain way, but I don't know what it is. And like, for me, that was the stairwell. Like I knew it needed color. Um, but I, I just felt like it just wasn't the right time. Like you couldn't pay any time. We had my um, brother-in-law do it. So it's not like, you know, we couldn't make it happen, but I was waiting for that vision to really develop in my heart. And then it was like when spring came and like the skies were just this aqua with these low stormy, sometimes stormy, sometimes golden floating clouds. And I just knew like, it's gotta be aqua. Um, But that only comes from being patient and like letting a a vision in your mind kind of churn. Right. And you really do have to enjoy the process of it because Mm -hmm. in a way it'll never fully be done. And I also love how you really capture the beauty, like in your Instagram feed, you have so many photos of the shabby house behind you with the peeling off, not peeling off, but like kind of the yellow paint that's not quite in perfect condition, but it does make such a beautiful backdrop. And even all throughout your projects here, like all of your restoration projects, there's still so much beauty to be found in a house that isn't done. I know. And I want more bravery to share that because um, it's, it's hard to, to really see what you have done and even, you know, what it looks like before you begin the work to see that that's just as beautiful as that thing you have in your mind. Um, I was just telling myself the other day, like, just open your eyes and see what you have done. Like, you know, don't get so antsy um, for the beauty that you're going to create that you miss the charm of this, like, little makeshift um, pot rack I have in the corner of our, you know, temporary kitchen in the dining room. Cause it's beautiful in its own way. So it says, it says that we're living now, you know, we're, um, yeah, we're fully enjoying life with what we have. Right. Yeah. Like I see a old photo where you have the, the clawfoot tub isn't plumbed in yet, <laughs> but there's a pretty little vase in the windowsill. It's just, you know, it's still so charming even when it's not done and you're still living your life with your babies because life does go on and you just can't think, whenever this is all done, I'll finally be able to enjoy this house because you really probably just won't if you can't enjoy it how it is now. Yep. You in your house, you have, I think you were talking about, you have a lot of temporary spaces, little areas in your home that even when it's not done, like you were talking about your makeshift corner in your dining room. I remember doing that 
when we first moved into our home, it, it was very livable and comfortable, but it definitely just needed paint on every surface. Mm-hmm. It needed decor, but I just created this little moment in the corner of our dining room. I hung a plate rack and put a tablecloth and a vase. I didn't even have the table that I wanted yet. I had to source that. And I eventually did come across the table I wanted, but I needed somewhere to just feel like, okay, this is a little style I want here in this corner yeah. for the rest of the house, but this is all I can have right now because we're moving in. We have boxes, we have kids. I have to make dinner tonight still. Mm-hmm. I can't stop everything and work on this house. So what kind of temporary spaces or how do you yeah. utilize that to enjoy your home? Yeah. It's, it's fun to hear you talk about a little corner. Cause I use the word nook a lot. I, oh, yeah. I find that I love creating little nooks. I think, I think really I'm a cottage person. Like if I had to choose between a cottage and like one of those huge old mansions with, you know, three stories and turrets, I would probably choose a cottage. Uh I I like the cozy. And so I think that like that, this, the struggle of not having finished spaces and having to create um, little ones within rooms that aren't perfect um, has really encouraged me to like embrace that part of myself that likes that quaint um, cozy thing. Um, so yeah, I've kind of done that really, if I think about it, it's kind of centered around furniture. Like mm-hmm, that's um, what I noticed in your house. Yeah. Like you'll have like one piece of furniture that really anchors everything together. So we have this Victorian little like sete couch mm-hmm. that we found for free. And, um, so over in that corner, I've got like a little antique end table and I've got, um, some candle brass candlestick holders. Mm-hmm. Um, which require no electrical work. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then like this like print of like a watermill. And whenever I'm in that corner, it's like, yeah, this this is how someday everything will be just like this. Um but yeah, it's it, it definitely makes it a lot easier to have spaces where you can um kind of sit and and trust that the rest of the house will evolve to become right like those spaces are. Um like you said, that really helps you to see what you have done. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I created this little moment here where it wasn't before. And eventually when I find the right piece of furniture, the rest of the house will, but it is just, you have to constantly keep your eyes out because you have yeah. so many antique pieces throughout your house. And I know that those just come together one by one. They you do. Find this here, you find this there. Yeah. And you have to accept some blankness for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. yes yes when I first moved into our house I did a six month tour of like what all we'd done on my YouTube channel after six months people were like the walls are blank there's nothing on anywhere I'm like mm-hmm. I don't have anything yet I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah and you don't you really don't want to put something there just to have something there because it's a distraction it's it's better to have nothing and just have the, the gorgeous old floors and whatever trim or light fixtures you have and then live. And then what I find, like my rule for decorating um, is kind of like nature, handmade, or antique. Um, because I think that those yeah. three qualities create that charming home cottagey feel. Um, so oftentimes, if I have an empty space, something's going to come up in those three categories. Um, like Levi's going to make something. Like he he will make, um, he made the coffee table in here and this like... Um, it's like a country style, like five board bench is what it's called. Um, but like these things just come about as we're just li- living creatively or, you know, like my aprons or my um, dishcloths. And then when you, when you do decorate, there's a story behind everything in your house. Yeah. And that adds to the charm instead of just going and just 
on one thrift store haul buying all this stuff that doesn't mean much. But I exactly like you. I've never really summed it up quite like that. But yes, natural, antique, and handmade. And like you said, you look around and you're like, oh, I found that oven on Facebook Marketplace. I remember whenever I found that hutch and it was the perfect width for this little nook that I had. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember for um, for Thaddeus, we were really in a bind because we we do co-sleeping. So when he was real little, he was with us. But for some reason, he would grunt. He was just like really, really loud in the night. And I was just not getting any sleep, and it was really hard. Like my, I was like, my Instagram days are over. I, I can't, I can't yeah, even carry my camera. My camera's too heavy. <laughs> but, so I started praying. I was like, Lord, I just, I need a crib. Like we, because we sold our other big crib because there's a pretty gap, big gap between Daddy and James. Um, it's like I need something, and I was like, Lord, I really want a Jenny Lind. You know, one of the antique Jenny Lind cribs. Yes. And mm-hmm. it was the next morning, and I had been searching for months, casually every now and then, looking to see if I could find something. But one came up for $35 and it was oh, less wow. than an hour away. And I just went and got it. And now it's in our room. And every single time I see it, I think of how it wasn't there before for so long. And now it's there. And it was because I prayed for it. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, I, I don't know. It's just I couldn't have created that. Um, I and just, even you could have bought it, but then you wouldn't, I, you could have probably like found one on eBay for $500, but you wouldn't have right. that same story. Yeah. 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 It's the stories, the needing something and that coming at the right time. That's happened so many times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same. I have so many things around my house where it was just eventually I come across and you know, you have to live in your house too, to find what you even need. Mm-hmm. So we really do ourselves a disservice when we rush everything and need it to exactly. be finished to enjoy your life, you know? Yeah. Also, okay, I noticed in your house that you have a lot of practical decor. Like, this probably is your cottage style, and I absolutely love that style, and sometimes I don't even know how to do it, but you have hay racks, baskets, quilts, beeswax candles, aprons, Mm -hmm. and so those are things that you add that make these pockets of beauty that don't require any renovating, that are Mm -hmm. super easy to do. Mm-hmm. That um, probably that probably stems stems from my lack of experience with renovating. I I didn't grow up knowing how to do anything like any hand tools, any like I don't know, just even painting. Um, because I'm from a military family, so my dad was you know he's a full time doctor. So anytime we did any kind of home construction, we'd hire it out. So and Levi grew up in the opposite world. Like you did everything yourself: electric, plumbing, lighting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so for me, like, it's still daunting to, like, even hang a picture just to get it, like, um, you know, just get out the the bits and everything. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I think that I've just really enjoyed um, decorating with things that I use, just that I can move around. Um, But I think it, it also comes from my love of simpler times, like, you know, when they the early settlers in America when they lived in a log cabin and they, they did not have any extra money to buy something pretty that wasn't to use. Right. Um, yeah. Like, you know, to, to make any decor out of like fabric, it would just be what was left over from when they made their dresses or their quilts. Um, um, and then, you know, they would just hang up all of their kitchen supplies and the copper and the cast iron became decor and they were content with that. Um, and I long for that too. Yeah. And it really is so beautiful. And 
it looks effortless, but in a way, you know that there, it, there's a lot of intention behind all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you ha- yeah, because you can't have things in your home that aren't beautiful. Like, well, I mean, you, you not, not everything has to be beautiful. <laughs> like, that's, that's the track surrounded you by... too. Like, yeah, because I could sometimes be like, no plastic. Um, but you don't want to be legalistic with it. It's, it's more just that, like, if you're going to buy something, you might as well make the things that you use every day lovely things that make, you, make your heart smile to look at or to hold. Yeah. I recently swapped out something small, but I swapped out our broom. I have this yellow broom with this uh, red dustpan. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I have the straw or like whatever they are? Uh-huh. Because why not? It's a broom. It's yeah. going to function. And it does. It's, it's the one I have is I found it on Etsy. Somebody made it. Actually, I think they made it. I don't know. Somewhere in America. But it functions great. And it's also pretty. It just makes sense. Why not? I know. I remember when I was really pregnant with Daddy, I found this antique ironing board. And it was just a wood ironing board. And I don't, I don't know what they would have done because um, it, it, it wasn't covered. So I spent like three days trying to figure out how to sew an ironing board cover. Um, <laughs> like with this huge belly leaning all over on the floor cutting mm-hmm. the fabric. But now it's like, it's a decor piece. I think you can yeah. see it in one of my pictures, but it's like got this like, um, this pink calico fabric and it ties the room together and it's an ironing board. Right. And that's the only way to do an ironing board because personally, I don't have an ironing board because I would have to get it out every time. Yeah. But if it's something that's pretty <laughs> and it would just be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said for taking care of what you own. This is something I was thinking mm-hmm. about recently because when we moved into our house, like I said, everything was functional. So there was three very comfortable, very nice bathrooms, but everything in them was ugly. And I say was, but it is still is. We haven't even touched them. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, I didn't deep clean the sink because I was like, oh, we're going to get a new vanity. We're going to get a new yeah. sink. Yeah. And then finally I was like, okay, like six months, a year in, I'm like, okay, I need to make this thing shine because it's what I have. you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't even know if you're going to have it tomorrow. That's the thing. Like, I think it does really honor the Lord to make something beautiful out of what he has given you. Um, It's funny you mentioned the sink because the sinks are the same thing for us. Um, I feel feel like sinks are the last thing you really (laughs) do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably because I want something really charming and I just uh-huh. don't want to go to Lowe's and buy it. Yeah, I could yeah. do that. We'd have a new vanity, but I'm not going to do that. So we still have the same sink. Yeah. And the main thing is to have running water. So exactly. Like got running water yeah. and it's like, okay, then it can wait. <laughs> yep, exactly. It functions great. The All three bathrooms function just right. fine. And so it, I just need to yeah. shine them up and take care of what we have, even if it's not exactly how you mm-hmm. want it. You know, you can power wash the concrete porch that you hope to cover with wood someday or you know just taking care of it yeah I think the thing with with these like you know that um the temporary spaces and taking care of what you have um I think it's like you got to find a way to like fulfill your vision um in some way with what you have um like so I've always loved Sarah from Barton Farms her um, oh me too yeah her kitchen sink (laughs) with the with the the curtain Yes. Um, yes. So I want Levi to, I want us to find a wall mount sink and then um, have him build those pedestal legs, like the carved 
mm-hmm. legs. Um, yeah. Makes it look like it's like a little lady, like a little like uh-huh. person sink. I don't know. Um, and then like the skirt, you know, that goes in the bottom. Um, so when we did our temporary kitchen in the dining room, Levi just picked up a laundry sink. It's just a heavy duty, thick plastic laundry sink, but it's white. So it does kind of remind you of, you know, the cast iron, um, farmhouse type sink. Um, but I remember like when I saw it, I was like, okay, I know it's plastic, but I'm going to go ahead and make my dream, um, uh, curtain for it. Mm-hmm. I actually just <laughs> my, found that my gathered apron, yeah, um, apron skirt. So I worked really hard on it, and now I love my little plastic sink. Yeah, it actually looks really on. charming. And so, yeah, I, I don't see it and think, oh, I can't wait until we have a real por- porcelain or cast iron one, um, because you know I've kind of bonded with this little plastic one. Right. Um, That's a perfect example of taking care of what you have. I did the same thing in our little ugly vanity. I took off the doors and made a little curtain for it. And mm-hmm. it's definitely not perfect. It's it's just like a 80s sink. So it's not great. But I did the same thing. Like, you know what? Fine. I'm not getting my sink for a while. Just haven't found it. And mm-hmm. this is how I can make what I have pretty. Or like you adding a beeswax candle to maybe a part of your house that you don't love, but at least you have that charm mm-hmm. there. Yep. That reminder of, yeah, what we hope for someday of being able to have bees and <laughs> make our own candles. It's, it's amazing how a single object can trigger all of these dreams and aspirations and, and promises. Cause I feel in a way like there's kind of just like a, a, a promise that's been spoken to me since like I was little, like one day you're going to, you're going to have a country property and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be beautiful. Um, and so when I have like a thing, like a beeswax candle, um, it just reminds me that, you know, the journey's not over. Like you can, I don't know, you can re- you can work, but work contentedly and work with an inner peace, um, knowing that it, you're going somewhere, even if it takes, you know, many, many, many days. Yeah. Or years. Yeah. <laughs> and also in your little, you know, town house, baking something from scratch. Yes. That is all things that you're going to need someday on your, that you can just live that lifestyle right now and gardening yeah. all right w- where you are. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do. Yeah, that's exactly where we were when we had two little kids. And actually, until we had five kids, um, was when we finally moved out to our property now. Okay. So we lived 10 years in town, and I did, just like you, sewing, gardening, all the things just on my little quarter acre. Yeah. Chickens. Yeah. It's so encouraging to me. I feel like this is something that the Lord has been doing in a lot of homemakers. Like, you see this movement on Instagram, like, you know, suburban homesteading. I think that's, yeah. that's kind of something he's teaching us. It's like, just, just start now, plant the seeds yeah. now. And well, then we forget that some people are older, you know, like I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is where I was too. When I was, yeah. you know, yeah. You're like, why am I not there? And, and this, yeah. Um, and I think it's cause we know, like we know our potential. Like I, I can see what I could do or what, you know, what I could create and become like, I have, I have a longing to make a cookbook to, you know, put all the knowledge I've gained of how these different um, ancient grains and paleo recipes work and share them with the world. Um, Because I know that our bodies thrive so much better on these um, wholesome foods or whole foods. So I want to do that. But um, 
I, I feel like it's, it's not quite, I'm not there yet. And I have to be content just being in this childlike playing learning stage. Right. Cause you'll really have something to offer whenever you get to that point because of yeah. all that you're doing now. And I sometimes have to fight myself when I think, you know, what am I just going to keep talking about this and never do it? Even uh-huh. though it's just not the time. Yes. Yeah. I'm doing what I need to be doing for that goal right now. That doesn't mean I'm just saying I'm never going to actually do it because yeah, it's not, it's some, not laziness. It's obedience. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, this is, you know, people always talk about goals and never do them. It's like, well, but there's times when that's just, you know, part of the process mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So one more thing I had to uh, talk about was getting outside. I know that you're a huge, you talk a lot about getting outside. looks like you guys get outside through all the seasons. You just bundle up. And Mm -hmm. I really think that that helps to get our minds off of, sometimes we get hyper-focused on this tiny little house we live in and how we're Mm going to make it absolutely perfect. And we forget that there's this world to enjoy right outside our doors. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I love what Charlotte Mason says about, um, how you should never spend an hour inside when you could be outside. (laughs) I read that and it was like so convicting. Uh Yeah. Like, I mean, like we were made to be in a garden, like our bodies are, are made of, are made of earth, wind and sky. (laughs) It's just part of who we are. And I think that you really can't even create the home that you want um, that's going to make you happiest unless you kind of get filled up by the beauty of what's outside. Mm, so true. Find the greens and the blues and um, all of the detail. Like I love, you know, furniture with detail. And if you look at trees and blossoming flowers or, you know, just all the detail of what's in creation, that's where all that, that desire to make your home um, just as charming and inviting um, as nature comes into play. So that's, that's one way where it really helps homemaking. Um, Do you find it a chore? Like sometimes you don't want to, you know, because I feel like people think, Oh, maybe you're just an outside person, but probably with little kids, there's times when you think I'd rather it is, just it is, So it is hard because I mean, it's just the practical thing of like, we don't live near these trails. I think the closest one is like maybe like five minutes away um, in the car. But it's right. just, I mean, you're, you're packing up a th- you know, three-year-old and a baby and you got to have the diapers and the wipes and the snacks and the water <laughs> and, and all mm-hmm. the, the bonnets, are, you know, because it's windy oftentimes out in these meadows. Um, but the thing that, that pushes me out there is the feeling when I'm there or when I come back where I, I never regret it. Like you're, you, there's always some discovery you make or some shift in heart. Like you're, you're talking about kind of like, remembering what matters I -hmm. find that I just I feel lighter like you know you can just relax a little bit more um just there's just this this peace um out in nature that you can't help but um kind of just you just sort of soak it up um and it's sometimes it's hard to remember that that's how you're going to feel right um I I think a lot of people get far removed from it you know I get Mm -hmm. busy in my house and so I know I have that feeling when we go on a hike, but I forget in between times yeah. how valuable that is. I know. And also it helps to, it helps to read. You want to read um, like pioneer stories, <laughs> like stories where um, people lived um, in harsh climates and think about the extent to which 
they would have to, you know, do these farm chores every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to, to live, you know, just to, you know, have food and have warmth. Um, it, when you think about that, when that's in your mind, it's much easier to just do the, the grunt work of putting on a bunch of layers yeah. to go on yeah. a walk, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, we really, we really have it easy. As well. <laughs> yeah. We don't even have to go outside. We're just going to go out to, for the purpose of enjoying Exactly. It. Yes. Yeah. What a, a blessing that is just to go on a hike, just to enjoy it. Right. Yes. That is such a good point. I feel like that could be a whole podcast episode on its own. I know. I just felt like what... it worked with contentment of your home because sometimes you just need to get out of your home. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about where we can find you and your Etsy shop. I know you sell and sew skirts and aprons. It seems like though, as soon as you, um, as soon as you sew them, they sell, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is really, really interesting to me. Um, that was something that was really hard for me to get going on because, um, as I'm sure if you guys have been following me, I am a thinker. I love, I love writing and dreaming and thinking about God And um, so it's hard for me sometimes to get out of my head into my hands and to make beautiful things. Um, But I know that's part of my calling. And so for a while I was praying, like, Lord, what would you have me make? Um, Like, Do you want me to be making quilts or pottery? Because I did that for a while. Um, But he just kept bringing like sewing to mind, like garments. Um, And just thinking about our culture and where it is today in the fashion industry, um, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of clothing that is very, very feminine and modest, but that's not plain, that has personality, just like, mm-hmm. just like nature has personality. Um, you know, the Bible talks about how the, the, um, the fields are clothed with lilies. Um, I, I long to, um, to wear things that are like, that are feminine, but that just have so much character. Um, so I started making these prairie skirts and, um, I think, um, they're, they're doing well because, um, they, um, I mean, they're, they're modest, but they're, they're just very, like, um, very, very whimsical. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's just, it's, I wish that, um, our culture was, um, eager to bring in the, the features that distinguished, you know, women's clothing for so long, like the puff sleeves and the gathers and the lace. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun doing something that really hasn't been done that much yet. Um, I feel, I feel like I'm kind of forging new territory and, um, I know a lot of, a lot of other, um, smaller shops are doing the same, like little women. And people seem to be here for it. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I notice every time you post about it, they're gone within <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really exciting. I, yeah. I don't really know fully like where the Lord's going to take it, but, um, it's just been constantly taking, um, just walking, um, in faith. And figuring out eventually how to, um, how to make more because um, it probably takes me maybe two hours per skirt, um, which it's, it's hard because, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to like studying and writing and reading during those times. And I really have to um, just trust that, um, that this is really important to, to help um, women and homemakers have clothing that makes them feel beautiful and feel free and reminds them of simpler times. Yeah. You definitely capture that. Anyway. So the link to my Etsy is in, I just keep it in my bio just, um, just so you can get there pretty quickly, but it's also called Kelly Havens, Ohio. So, um, but usually, yeah, usually it's empty and I, I wish they would show 
you know, the listings that have already sold out. But yeah, um, I guess you it's can on look there. at it's just hard the sales. Find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go through the sales, um, you can just see like what kind of stuff that you offer. Yeah. But I won't stop doing that. I will press on as long as I feel called to do that. Um, so that, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this discussion. I feel like it was a good one. It'll help people to maybe think about things a little bit differently if they are in the middle of, everybody's in the middle of a a house they don't find perfect, right? I mean, I think that even if you're not living in a fixer-upper, that's probably, finding contentment is always going to be something that's a a challenge for people. Yeah. Yeah. You want to always look at what you've done and, and appreciate the beauty that you've made. Um, but then let, let yourself dream a little um, and um, be willing to say, hey, you know, this could be more charming and give yourself that freedom to try um, something new. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I hope that you were inspired. I know I was. I was ready to go outside, explore nature, make something, bake something and really just continue on the process and enjoying it and stepping back and taking breaks when necessary. I hope that you felt the same. As always, thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast.